0: Welcome in to the Bro4Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. This is our spoiler view of Leave the World Behind. I am your host, the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, joined by the American hero, Nate Thurman, to review this movie as we do all of our movie reviews using the five Bro4Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, the impact of the movie, and its rewatchability. Date Netflix original here, Uh, I think the trailer came on both our radars around the same time and we're both pretty big Mahershala Ali heads, so before we even dive into the acting and cast, what were your thoughts coming into this film, like anticipation-wise, or what were you expecting?
1: Yeah, I had pretty big expectations. Um, Netflix has been putting out some good shit lately, so I was pretty excited when I saw this. Uh, Yeah, I think I texted you like two or three weeks ago, I was like, have you seen this? And you're like, yeah, it comes out like December, like, damn it, I thought it was already out um so yeah i had to wait longer than i wanted to so yeah i just came out this last week um but yeah i kind of kind of checked all my boxes with the the cast in it and then it seemed kind of thriller-ish which which i always enjoy um it did have a little different cinematography take than i thought it was going to originally and it was a shot a little very bit unique of, yeah, yeah very unique um so that that aspect was nice Um, It's kind of a surprise, Um, but yeah, he had huge expectations and ended up. Ultimately, we'll get into it, but I
0: really liked the movie. Yeah, so let's dive right in. Acting and cast—I think that's one of the big sells here, right? Is massive stars at the top of this thing: Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, and then of course Kevin Bacon in it. Um, And Mahershala Ali is not in enough stuff, and Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke seemed to choose their roles very carefully. So mm-hmm. I think that was part of my anticipation too, coming in is like for them to uh, all settle on a script and say, that's a project I want to do. I was like, all right, there has to be something here. So who uh, stood out for you, positive or negative in the cast? I kind of like how it's a smaller cast too.
1: Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You really get to dive deeper into the characters a little bit more uh, because yeah, you have basically six main characters and that's it. And then, Kevin Bacon's kind of a tertiary character. um, But um, someone who stood out to me, I I really liked Ethan Hawke's character, kind of the laissez faire dad that's kind of trying to hold everything together at the beginning. Um, I want to say he's. I can't tell if.
0: No, I was going to say, I can't tell if he's just like trying to be. The calm force, or if he actually <clears throat> just is like so fucking oblivious to what's going, because like even the oil tanker scene, he's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, bro, that has <laughs> not happened at the beach. <laughs>
1: that never happened. That's never happened before. And you're just kind of uh, okay. I guess that's gonna roll up on the beach. I guess we should go get some Starbucks now or something.
0: Yeah, which is um, literally-
1: Yeah. Overall, um, all the acting in this was great. It it had a lot to. It, it had a lot of scenes with a lot of multiple people and it had some good dialogue with a lot of people in certain scenes, especially with Julia Roberts and Mahershala Ali's character. Um, I think everyone did great in like the immediate cast. Ethan Hawke's character really stood out to me. I I loved following him along throughout the whole movie. And then um, towards the end when he literally is trying to do the only thing he can do and save his son and he just literally breaks and says, I'm useless. I don't have a GPS. I don't have shit. I can't do anything. I'm trying to do the one thing I can do. And like I thought, the culmination and and the journey that we went on with him was really cool in that ultimate scene.
0: It's weird in a two-hour twenty-minute movie where like a guy's a main character to be like, I wish I could. We had more of him, Mm -hmm. of Ethan Hawke's character Clay, but I don't know. I I feel like he was just used so uh, prudently, like wisely, to where nobody was overexposed in this. Yeah, Mahershala Ali is incredible. Just like such a calm but commanding presence in this movie so good yeah and a really fun i don't know if character arc is the right word because it is such a short movie but like i mean characters journeys don't take place over a long period of time but just the way he plays this character in the beginning where you're like is this guy totally full of shit?" and playing these guys and then you realize that he's not everything he said is actually true it's just like you kind of feel like julia roberts character where you're like i'm sorry that i didn't believe you in the beginning Because you actually have been one of the few people uh, in this, uh, one few people, but like you have been completely truthful about everything you said. I I just felt it was like a personal connection I had with the character. Um, What did you think about Maya Law? I think that's how you say your name, who played his daughter Ruth. I'd only seen her in one other thing, which was a Black Mirror episode that she was pretty Mm -hmm. good in. But it's interesting in this because I would say of all the characters, she might be the most one note in it. Like we are. supposed to hate her the entire time. I think even in the end, when her and Julia Roberts have their moment with each other, I'm still kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're just a bitch to everyone. But I feel like she was kind of a necessary counterbalance to Mahershala Ali's character. It was like probably being overly polite and courteous in yeah. considering what the situation was. I was curious how she worked for you.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Everyone else has at least a little bit of an arc. Um, yeah, she's kind of just the same thing throughout and it's pretty well known like what she's worried about she's worried about losing her mom she doesn't know where her mom her mother is um and at the end of the day yeah there's just not enough redemption or resolution to say she had like a full character arc or anything uh, she kind of connects with Julie roberts character at the end when they're trying to scare the deer off and Julie roberts has her long monologue um but i think it was just i'm not saying it hurt the film or anything but it's just a little too little too late at that point to really add any depth or anything to her character um i'd like to see her in something else um but yeah i don't think her full repertoire repertoire of acting
0: was shown off here for sure last thing i'll say really briefly uh both the sanford kids i thought were awesome uh charlie evans as archie and then farrah mckenzie as rose i think we might talk what my favorite moment in the whole movie is the very last shot with rose um, And I thought she played that her character very, very well. She's very quirky, but at the same time, like the child's view of these events is, I think, a very important perspective to get in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I think you realize like kids, even though they might say something that seems utterly ridiculous and like very clueless based on their emotional maturity, it yeah. might actually be the best the the smartest thing anyone in the room has said.
1: yeah, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that they they play the brother and sister dynamic really well uh two points one point today when they're in the barn and she says no one gives a fuck what i say and he's like oh my yeah, god probably right yeah that's a good point and two two points i'll make to that uh, as far as the kids they play the brother sister dynamic really well uh one of the the small things that a uh, line back and forth between them that i really liked is when they're in the shed um the daughter says no one gives a fuck what i say <laughs> the brother just like goes back nonchalantly yeah you're probably right which <laughs> played off perfectly um and then another thing that you pointed out is having the the child's perspective in these movies is really important um and seeing how they kind of go through events like this so when um, archie is starting to lose his teeth i think he's on the couch with julie roberts character she blows up about saying he's sick and he pops up i'm not sick um he just completely disconnects him being sick as far as like throwing up or having an upset stomach with his teeth falling out. he's like i'm not sick my, right. my teeth are just falling out. I'm Like, okay, you're pretty fucked up.
0: This happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. I thought that was pretty funny. And it's just—it's always funny in like these post-apocalyptic type movies <clears throat> if there's a child in it, because they don't realize the magnitude of it. Because to them, like everything is the end of the world, right? They could lose like a toy of theirs, and it's the mm-hmm. same as literally <clears throat> a cyber hack a terrorist attacking our network. So they don't have like the ability to differentiate, and so their yeah. like responses. Is- it was really funny
1: yeah it's funny uh, one last thing you keep mentioning things it makes me think of things but in the last of us and i think when we reviewed this i mentioned it uh, most of the only happy people in the series the hbo series the last of us are the kids um, it should be, yeah. because they're, they're moldable they're adaptable um, this is all they know is this new apocalyptic world that they've lived in in the last of us so it's kind of that same dynamic they're just going to adapt to the situation be like huh this is it
0: Yeah, I wish I could have the mind of a child. (laughs) That'd be awesome. All right, next up is the story and plot and the synopsis according to IMDb. And again, full spoilers here, although if you're already listening to this, we've already spoiled half the movie. Synopsis is, a family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. I can tell you this right now, if I was any network executive and you brought me that pitch even without this cast... I would say I'm in when can we start fucking making this movie just a very interesting concept and I know that books that are adapted into films sometimes don't always work because of the density of plots but I thought the (laughs) four parts uh, really worked well in this movie as far as like pacing the story and they all ended on like pretty nice cliffhangers like if you had to take a break at any of those moments it would be almost like really good episodic TV Um, what did you think of the story here
1: uh yeah i really enjoyed it i thought i was gonna be frustrated uh maybe like halfway or two-thirds of the way through the movie because i didn't know how much they were gonna wrap up um but to your point you just made a second ago it has like the kind of different stages um which is kind of a nice element and it kind of gave me like the menu vibes they're not necessarily breaking the fourth wall but it almost feels that way because they're giving a nod to the audience Mm by saying hey this is titled this we're letting you know we're kind of giving you a peek behind the curtain as to maybe a uh, foreshadowing to what's going to happen in this act. Um, and I, so even I like
0: that the parts were very matter of factly titled. Like I think one, I don't know if it's the first one or the second, it's just literally called the house,
1: the house. Like and that. then the last one being titled the last one, which is the yeah. title of the last friends episode, which was great. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like the journey through it. Um, and maybe we can get into some of this, uh, and um, impact and some other stuff, but um, or you may have some questions coming up with with the animals. That part was kind of weird. Um, I've, I've kind of just chalked that up to I think in real life sometimes people are like, oh, the animals have sixth sense; they can feel when things are changing in the environment. So um, I don't know if they were really. I guess they were trying to alert the characters, um, but there was a little amb- ambiguity there.
0: So I had meant to watch a I meant to watch a YouTube video. Uh, that that basically explained the ending from a different perspective so as I ask these few questions if anyone listening to this review has a theory outside of the ones that Nate and I posit please comment below because I'm very interested in uh, other people's perspectives of this film but Nate I guess I'll just start with my main question which might be a stupid one um, but I think this movie sort of dips into a few different both genre elements and then obviously theorize a lot on what is actually happening so especially based on that shot where Um, Julia Roberts' character and Myla Allah's character are looking at New York City basically like tearing itself apart. Are we just to assume that it was some country or a combination of countries that unleashed a cyber attack on the US and now like we're basically just tearing ourselves apart at the seams or is there some other element going on because like the noises that were happening, the kids' sickness which I'm going to ask about in a second and the animals all could either be red herrings or could be signs of something or either supernatural and maybe more nefarious.
1: Yeah, for I mean, from my understanding, it was yeah one uh, one or two other countries trying to tear the U.S. apart from within, kind of like Mahershala Ali's character was was describing. So, yeah, whenever they're looking at New York City getting destroyed, uh, I think you can hear like fighter jets coming in and then bombs being dropped. Basically, so I think whoever is behind the attack is is finally coming in. Um, and I think there is some maybe truth I can't maybe Kevin bacon's character mentioned this part, but um Archie whenever he starts losing his teeth thinks it may have uh, an effect from the sonic boom or whatever the sound the the large sound was that was affecting everyone so so bad um I don't know if there's some some truth behind that um as far as the teeth falling out they they said it in the movie, so I don't know factually if that's there or not. He did mention Cuba, and there have been, there were reports of like. Uh, whatever these devices are called that cause this terror and like the ringing in people's ears in Cuba within the past year or two. Um, So I know there's like some development of some weapons of more or less mass destruction that do cause those, that ringing in your ear. I don't know if it's to that degree. Um, So I think there's a little, obviously fact and fiction mixed in there.
0: Okay. Cause the other thing I had about the kid's sickness, they go out of their way to show that some like tick, or, like, leech bites him. But mm-hmm. the reason that I thought there was, like, maybe a horror or supernatural element... I'm not a doctor, and a, I know that it's hard to believe for people at home. But if you got bit by some bug and even got Lyme disease, like, it's basically overnight that all of his teeth fall out. That seems, like, insane to me. Yeah. Like, he yeah. sleeps once, wakes up, and he's fucking, like, uh, an 80-year-old man with dentures.
1: Yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't get what the tick was unless it was supposed to be a red herring um and i think i guess the ultimate conclusion is that it was the ringing sound that, that caused it because um i think it was after the first one or maybe it might have been the second second time it happens he does say oh, i should have covered my ears quicker so they kind of oh, throw that in, okay I they kind of threw that, that through that nugget in there um, so i guess i don't know if it's like if the explanation is supposed to be like it vibrated his head so much like his teeth are rattling out basically That's kind of what I I took
0: it as. But I also think part of it is, like, we purposely don't get to know what's going on because that's the position the characters are in, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. that's part of the paranoia is, like, what the fuck is this? Because a lot of theories make sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point.
0: A question I had that, again, maybe was just another part of building tension and paranoia, but when the two kids go out to that, like, shack, partway through the woods, who was sleeping there? Like, there was... Clearly an imprint in the ground from someone that had recently slept there. And again, that just adds to like how fucking skeeved out you are, because he's like, Yeah, someone could have been watching you sleep. And you're like, the last thing we need to worry about right now is a voyeur. Like I feel like the world <laughs> is collapsing. And now there's some dude in the woods who's like could be watching us. So did did you get a theory behind that? Because was the kid just trying to scare his sister for like a classic like big sibling move, or was that something that like I missed that was referenced or mentioned?
1: No. I mean I, I don't think there's anything missed. Uh, I think it was just them playing off the brother sister dynamic and trying to scare her. I'm assuming, well, I don't know because now you start thinking about it more. And like the impression was pretty fresh and released. Yeah. Uh, you would obviously think it was just like a a, a gardener that's there that he, maybe he's not there right now because the house is being rented out to other people, but he usually is there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another aspect that's kind of just left up to the audience to decide because nothing's really to my knowledge, uh, expounded on with
0: that one. And like I said, it's weird because you're literally as the audience, you're like, that's creepy as fuck, but there's so much other weird shit going on right <laughs> now. Like we're going to have to table that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll come, we'll, we'll round back on that one.
0: And then one other question I had, so the thorns, right? That's the name of the house that uh, the movie ends in, like the people yep. that have the bunker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kevin Bacon alludes to the fact that one of his friends who is also a contractor, built this, like, end-of-the-world bunker down there, like, next-level shit that he wasn't even allowed to talk about. Yeah. What I'm wondering is, <clears throat> um, what do you think happened to the Thorns? Because it's weird that they're not there when they were, like, the most prepared for this situation. Now, I don't know if they, like, that's a house that they're just not in that often, but <clears throat> the movie kind of plays like something must have fucking happened to them because they were the ones who foresaw this coming, prepared for it, like, pretty recently, and then yeah. For whatever reason, they're not even there to utilize the bunker when they actually need it. And I didn't know if there was like a theory behind that that you had.
1: Uh, yeah, when I came away from the film on that one, and maybe this is just an oversimplification, but um, it obviously seems that they're out on Long Island. People have a lot of vacation homes out there. Um, Mahershala Ali and his family obviously have other places they stay if they're renting out theirs. I'm assuming that the thought behind that is that they were in the city. They got caught in the city with all the chaos, and they couldn't, they couldn't get back to it. Um, so <laughs> kudos to the other family because now they get to benefit from it and, and hunker down.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that kind of made sense. I, I couldn't tell if um, when the daughter was in the house, if it looked like someone had like, attacked them and hurt them, or if it was just like she had basically ransacked it to get their snack food. <laughs> Think she just fucking went ham on all the (laughs) candy and snack foods what do you think um caused her to actually wander off like that given the circumstances because she seemed like a more heady character than one that would just like leave her family in a position where they were scared shitless about her i mean obviously that like her driving factor is kind of the like focal point of humor in the film is that she needs to finish the friends series but i mean it was a little bit ridiculous even for a child character to like, have that be her motivation to, despite all this craziness, to just, like, wander away from her family in search of, I don't know, internet or some way to watch this show. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think it kind of ties back to the animals trying to tell the humans something. And I kind of just pieced this together now. I hadn't really even thought about it. But she gets so infatuated with those deer that came up to her. I think that that kind of makes... The animals acting weird a little more um, relevant to the story because they ultimately caused her to get stir crazy you know something is going on because the animals are trying to tell her and escape from the family but really find the bunker which ultimately will hopefully save them uh, which is kind of where they left it at um, they didn't really tie it up in a bow at the end um, but i think they left everyone in a well enough spot to where the audience can assume that they're all going to get to the bunker so yeah. Um, that'd be my explanation behind that part. Okay,
0: that makes sense. All right, that's all I had. I don't know if you had any questions that you wanted to throw out there. Um, one, this really doesn't even affect the plot too much, but I
1: literally had to pause this and go back. Um, Julie Roberts and rehearsal all these characters are, are having a dialogue at the table drinking, and he says something about in my line of business, and then she goes back and says, well, yeah, you're just numbers and all this
0: Was it ever explained, like,
1: what his job is?
0: It was kind of weird because in the beginning he was just, like, a simple financial analyst who claimed that just one of his rich clients asked him to move some money around. And then I don't even know if he was being forthright with his daughter because I feel like as the movie went on, he sort of inadvertently divulged that he knew way more about this or knew about it way further in advance than he seemed at first. So he claimed to be, like, a financial analyst, but I feel like he might have had some different dealings that he
1: specifically said that i thought there might have been a part because like that obviously with the several conversations that they had i i got the gist that like oh he's he's in finance he he manages people's money so things like that i I guess i just missed the part earlier in the film where he actually like said that because i was like i I don't remember them actually saying like oh this is what i do
0: yeah the only thing i remember that like kind of alluded to that was uh after him and his daughter got to the house Mm -hmm. and they had to stay in the basement or the whatever the downstairs was there was yeah. a scene where his daughter said to him um do you, do you think this is what your client warned you about and it seems really ominous at the time but as the movie goes on and you realize maher Ali really isn't keeping anything from like he's pretty much been honest about all everything he knows uh, yeah. it was just that that one client said that like good luck basically uh and i'm taking yeah. all my cash out of here yeah um
1: other than that, I'm trying to see. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. As far as the story, everything else, like I said, it, as far as the ending, it wrapped up enough and Herschel Ali's character gave us enough to where I was relatively okay with with what was going on because it was pretty ambiguous before that. I feel like they gave the audience enough uh, to be satisfied. Um, and like I said, the ending, they didn't wrap it up in a nice little bow. Um, and say, oh, everyone got to the shelter, they're all fine, they're all going to hunker down there, but um, uh, all Ali's character, Ethan Hawke and the son, they know that's where they're supposed to go next. Um, Julie Roberts' character and the daughter, they're literally right by the mansion, so that's the next place they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter is already there, so um, I think I can wrap yeah. it up my head enough to be happy.
0: And I think what I like about this movie is that there are tons of movies out there that sort of present this scenario right like the end of the world or like even like mm. red dawn right it's like a scenario of like us getting attacked by a foreign country but what this really does is it hunkers down and just deals with almost in real time obviously not exactly but like the first 36 hours of not knowing what the fuck is going on and like trying to yeah. manage those emotions um and then after we deal with that like that's the, that's the journey it takes us on like i mean crazy shit could happen after that and i'm sure it does but like that's not really the story i'm interested in or that they're telling here it's kind of cool
1: yeah. Yeah. I think the overall story that they're trying to tell here is uh, <laughs> that people do treat people shitty and most of the people in this arc finally get to the point to where they realize how to help each other and that ultimately through bad experiences, good things can happen, which is kind of what they're saying here is, hey, a yeah. civil war is going to happen, but people are going to band together and, and, and team up and, and some good is going to come out of this.
0: Very well said. All right, best scene. This was a long movie. That's some incredibly uh, well-edited scenes where they built tension by, like, cutting back and forth between multiple arcs, which I thought was really well done. I can think of two specific times they did that very effectively. And then on top of that, I don't know if you mentioned this off-potter at the top, some really unique cinematography that sometimes when it's done poorly, stuff like this, like horizontal shots or, like, long pans i look at it and i'm like dude that is so fucking pretentious stop but it actually kind of mm-hmm. worked in this for me especially that scene with the teslas all piled up where the camera yeah. turns horizontal i thought that was pretty cool um but what stood out to you as far as your best scene um
1: my best scene would probably be uh, i've talked about it a couple times but um when ethan and Herschel early and the son um all go and finally get to kevin bacon's kevin bacon's house and
0: i was i was wanting my kevin bacon after we saw him in the beginning i was like he's gonna come back obviously
1: and i'm ready for it yeah yeah i know there was a lingering look from julie roberts character so you're like he's gonna come back eventually so um i mean you get the most resolution there ultimately and then you get uh, a preview of conflict that's going to come because of what's happening in the world right now um and kevin bacon's character is just laying it out hey it is what it is um I'm trying to protect my family right now. Good luck to you. I'm not going to harm you if I don't want you to, if I don't want to, if I don't have to. Um, and, but then that ultimately leads to what I was talking about earlier in Hawk's character kind of coming full arc um, with his, himself him basically admitting, look, I'm useless. I don't have any technology. I can't do anything. I'm going to do the one thing I can do. And that's when they yeah. connect him and him and bacon connect. He's like, look, man, I'm trying to do what you're doing. You're trying to protect your family. This is all I can do. I, all I can do is beg, all I can do is try and barter and make this right. Um, and it, Yeah, it's just a cool scene because he finally just like lays his heart out there and, and ultimately gets what he needs and what he wants. Um, and then you kind of get the resolution with Marshall Ali piecing it together, and that's kind of the biggest resolve in the whole movie is the culmination of that scene. Um, so there, there's a lot to that one um, as far as resolving plot threads and then also big character arcs coming through um, and seeing that conflict. Really mesh out
0: there. Yeah, it was cool because in that scene we finally get to see Michelle Ali and Ethan Hawks. And people at home might be pissed off that we're not referring to their characters' names. I just don't remember them, even though I have. IMDb it's then, easier
1: but... for me to say the actor because I know <laughs> exactly.
0: <that. Yeah. laughs> but their, their characters' feet are like finally put to the fire, and uh, yeah. like this has been a crazy fucking day and a half. But now they finally are forced to make a decision that like you would only have to make in this crazy scenario, and it's it's cool because the whole movie you're kind of waiting for like the. "Quote unquote quote, scientist" to show up and explain what's going on, and Kevin Bacon kind of fills that role, but in a perfect way where he's like, "Dude, I don't fucking really know either, but I'll tell you what it looks like is happening." Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not the guy here that like intercepted a message with information, but I'll tell you what I've heard and why I was buying 72 water bottles yesterday at Kroger uh, because this is one of the things going on. So that was just a really cool scene, and like you said, mm-hmm. the, the characters like had to. Uh, make choices that they were not prepared to make and it really kind of exposed to yeah. they were as people. School. cool. What about you? Mine is, um, yeah, mine is another, just like a cool character moment and it's funny in a, in a movie like this that builds so much tension and has some cool visuals. My favorite scene actually was just Mahershala Ali and Julia Roberts characters where they were just having that drink as Ethan Hawke and Marshall Ali's daughter were smoking the vape. Mm-hmm. But him and her just, both kind of realizes like hey we've been shitty to each other and i think part of them they wouldn't admit it but they were like this might literally be the end of the world so uh i guess it's time for us to kind of like say things that maybe we either have like regrets in life for like how we feel about where we end up as people which was just a cool Mm -hmm. like character moment that they had
1: yeah yeah it's it's really nice resolve there with them and that leads into (laughs) Them going and kind of taking a reprieve from it all and maybe getting a little lost in themselves, being drunk and dancing to the to the record. So it, it that was a nice, it was a nice moment. I mean, it kind of made me feel awkward because I'm like, well, yeah. your, do- your I, I daughter, say, and your husband are over there. So
0: I know. Yeah, I I did forget it. like the scene does get a little bit weird and uncomfortable, which I think it's supposed to. But just them at the oh table yeah table. for sure. And then it kind of pissed me off when his daughter was like, he wanted to fuck me. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, I'm like, oh, come on. He's just being a nice
1: He's a nice guy.
0: Can't yeah, be he's a nice. Sure, pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> God, come on. Yeah, but again, that's her character, is like zero uh, worldview outside of her own. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, on to impact, which is usually just where we wedge in anything that we didn't fit into any of the other categories. So, Nate, the impact you feel like this movie will have either on the years uh like look at films where it ranks for you maybe what it'll do for netflix or really just anything that doesn't fit in our other categories about it that you wanted to say
1: uh yeah i'll I'll just continue to sing really netflix's praises because they put out a lot of good stuff uh this past year and this kind of is the cherry on top i would say uh kind of their their last moment here at the, at the end of 2023 to put this on here because they put out some some good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff off the top of my head, but um, all the light we cannot see a series. I just got done watching recently, which is really great. World war two uh, series. Um, and there's a ton of other stuff on Netflix that I've watched recently. Um, so yeah, just kudos. I think I've been seeing it all year. Uh, Netflix praise. So um, yeah, that's about,
0: all I have to say on that um, on that note. Do you think this movie will have any chance at cracking maybe like a top five list for you this year? Um, it'll be close.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll have to like start reviewing. I'm sure we'll do something on the pod as far as breaking down the year review. But yeah, it, it could be close. It could definitely be top 10.
0: Because I gave it a Brosker nomination for best film of the year. And as I was looking at yeah. that list, I was like, this... Yeah, it's 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 in the mix here. I mean, I think uh, it's definitely a strong way to end the year for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, top ten, probably not top five.
0: Impact for me, dude. I just I need Mahershala Ali and more stuff. I really do. Um, He's just such a talent, and I hope that his Blade movie doesn't continue to hit snags because him and the MCU is something that is just like a dream come true. And uh, again, he just he does so much when just effortlessly. He's like the guy that it just like all comes so easy to and I just love watching him on screen in any type mm-hmm. of
1: life. Yeah. And especially in the first act of this movie that's how he was. He was calm, cool, collected and he just came off so easy and all the, every word that came out of his mouth was uh was pretty pretty easy.
0: Yeah, he's great. Uh all right, last thing, rewatchability. I got to say this is one of those movies that like It's pretty heavy and it's, it's pretty intense. Um, I don't know if I'll go back and rewatch it anytime soon. Um, but I definitely think like, if we could get you, me cycling on like a commentary of this, there's some really, really interesting conversations that could be had from it. Cause it's definitely a thought provoking, even just outside of the standpoint of like what's going on. I always love watching these being like, how would we react in this situation? Cause this is a film off the top of my head that, number one, uses technology in really creative ways, like even things like the Teslas being hacked. Mm-hmm. But then also, there's not a lot of character decisions where you're like, well, that's stupid. Nobody would ever do that, you know? Like, the, the, the characters kind of act, I feel like, in a way that I might in that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as far as rewatchability, I, I think there is some here. Um, and it, it's one of those I think you can rewatch and pick up on things and maybe answer some of your own questions um, that you may have uh, accumulated through the first watch, but then also just the cinematography, the way it's shot. Um, I think whenever they first get to the house, especially there there's one shot that I literally don't know how they did. They like start wa- filming Julia Roberts walking through the the house and going up the stairs. I'm like, where's the camera? Like, what kind of crane is this on that they're doing? Yeah, this? are they doing this on a drone? It's like flipping upside down. Um, so I just think visually. Um, I think it'd be another cool one to watch and maybe pick up um, some of the nuances and subtleties that they put in as far as camera angles and things like that.
0: Yeah, there was another shot they did that was sort of like the reverse version of that, where I think it started with Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, and then went down into like the, the basement downstairs to Marshall Ali <laughs> mm-hmm. and his daughter. But it was all yeah. like it was patched together like it was one take. And I was again like, how the fuck are they doing this? Like, Almost yeah. the house is like a sitcom set where it's like sliced in half.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. A a little uh, uh, Wes Anderson um, Mm -hmm. vibes, too, with some of the framing, but obviously way different films.
0: Yeah. Just a really interesting movie. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, again, I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm very interested in it. And it was just really quality filmmaking, I could tell through and through and great acting, of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't 100 percent agree with the story or how the plot plays out. Like I said, I think the acting cast and the cinematography and how it's all shot is enough uh, to entice anyone out there listening to go watch it at least. Um, it, it's definitely worth your time um, to go watch this one and, and form your own opinion
0: about it. Yep, Nate. Last thing I'll ask you before we let the people go: Mahershala Ali and his daughter Ruth's, uh, his wife and her mom—that she, she's definitely dead, right? Like, there's no chance they ever see her again.
1: Um, no. If she made it on a plane, they already saw enough navigation issues with the planes and the ships that it's not going to work out well for her. And if she is not on the continent, uh, then she is definitely not, not getting back home um, anytime soon.
0: Yeah, if she's or in not. Morocco, oh, yeah, I don't know how we would get in touch with her at any point. So. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Bye. Love yeah, you. Yeah, that's a
1: shitty realization, but yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I think uh, mom is dead.
0: And I think one of the like most Most intense parts of the movie is where the daughter Ruth kind of like realizes that. She's old enough to be like, I don't need you to sit here and like sugarcoat this for me. Like our mom is fucked, right? Like no, there's really no way that this ends that we see her again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a sadder part of the
0: movie for sure. Yeah. All right, anything you want to leave people with before we let them go for a Leave the World Behind review?
1: Uh... That's it. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your holidays coming up and uh, enjoy any other uh, episodes that we're going to be putting out soon and then look forward to some year-end review and some wrap-up
0: stuff like that. Yeah, as Brian Banner, if you were on pod just because of when this came out, he'd be like, is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> we would say no. No.
1: <laughs> oh, so okay, on.
0: just thought I'd ask. <laughs> Not the slightest might as all well for the, for the American hero Nate Fairman up yeah, point a sec. we are the Bro4Squad podcast thank you guys for checking us out uh, you can find us on our website Bro4Squad.com we post everything there we have our squad blog links to all of our socials we're on X or Twitter at Bro4Squad and if you type in Bro4Squad as three separate words on YouTube Spotify Apple Podcasts anywhere you find podcasts you'll find us there until next time, uh, Nate and I need to go back to the Bronx Symphony. I left my coat there, so we just to swim by. <sighs>
1: You're always doing that. It's
0: really just an excuse to be seen again by those people.
1: Oh no, paparazzi are here. Uh,
0: Take my eyes, but not the shit.
1: Not the shit.